Geordie chat with poops and tunes. Games at home and away. Story stats and history about football in Australia. Welcome to Kick to Kick is backwards and coming forwards. Charlie here to talk about round seven. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's nice to be back together. Yes, live in person. Yes. Back in our, in our studio. Um, to talk about round seven before we do some big news in the uh, Australian rules football world. Tasmania. Yes. The it, 19th team. Oh, it's coming. Um, long-time listeners of our show know that we are big supporters of this team, Absolutely. this movement. Um, I'm so excited they're getting a team. I'm, I'll be buying a membership for them as soon as they start selling oh, them. Nice. Um, I'll definitely be going to games down there as well. Yeah, yeah I can't wait. I can't wait. Surely think, the Tassie Devils. You'd think it's got like it's the thing that makes, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Although... Does that encroach on the Melbourne Demons having the Tassie Devils? You, you, do you think? Welcome another mascot down to where you That's are. True. I mean, you got cats and cats, lions and tigers. That's true. You All the a cats. Plethora of birds. Yeah. So I think. And now a, we'll outnumber the Saints as well. Yeah, you yeah, will. So that'll be good. Um, the other thing that I now question is, you know, what are they going to name their best and fairest? Their goal kicking medal. Well, they, I mean, they've got a lot of names to pull from. A lot of ta- Tassie royalty mm, to pull from. Don't might they? Even, might even warrant its own record. Own, um, episode yeah absolutely now it's got me thinking even further down the line is this is 19 who's going to be 20 well yeah I mean you and I I think both want from the territory yeah I just don't think it stacks up though I I was talking about it with some uh, mates at the footy on Saturday night and we were looking at the the population of Darwin we're like I don't think they I don't know how it makes sense unfortunately no I know and Canberra would be alright as well but they kind of had the Giants I was gonna and I think well who knows what'll happen, but it seems like an eventual move. That'll, they'll just become the Canberra Giants. Maybe. And then, like, people keep saying Perth will have another team, but don't they already have, like, who's now going to go, oh, I've been a Docker supporter, now I'm going to change. Like, they're, yeah. team, they're, in, they're yeah, entrenched. Exactly. They're done. And so, you're not picking up new supporters, are you? No. Not really. No. So I don't know how that will work. Anyway, I guess that'll all come out. And the other news today was uh, Andrew Dillon announced as the taking over from Gill. Yes. Yeah. From yeah. Gillen to Dillon. <laughs> Which yeah. has been a, a long time coming. Oh. But I did like what Gil said. It's like, no one's worried about this. Yeah. Like, no one really cares. It's only a beat up in the news. And it's so true. Yeah. Like, no one's getting angsty about who the next AFL CEO is, really. No, not really. Apart from the people who are up for the job. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's get into round seven. A few Let, things to talk about. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so starting on Friday. Yeah. All right, so we had uh, St Kilda, Port Adelaide. Yeah, Saints. So Port getting the job done here. Yeah. Um, I mean, which if you look historically, is not really that much of a surprise mm. because they've beaten the Saints eleven out of the last twelve times. Oh, okay, okay. So they kind of have. They're one of those teams that they've have got wood a, over them. Yeah, yeah. I they've feel like the Saints can very rarely beat them, and they're very good at Marvel. The power they won their last eight games straight, dating back to twenty twenty one. Okay. So they they play that ground well, and they play the Saints well. So. None of us should have been surprised, really. Well, see, this is why we're look, this is why we're talking about trends in the game. Yeah, Timmy. This the is why we're is here. I should do this before I do my footy tipping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so then we had Saturday's games, and the first one on Saturday was Brizzy versus Frio. Yeah, Brisbane just too good here. Did you see Will Ashcroft's goal? I I've seen the highlights oh. of it. Unbelievable. That's got to be goal of the year. Yeah, easily. And like he meant it as well. That's well, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Because half it? the half the goal of the years are like fluke goals, but he 
had a go and had a crack and at he it. kicked yeah. it. Ridiculous. You can't. It's pretty hard to see someone topping it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Daniel Rich has moved into equal sixth for, or actually equal, yeah, equal sixth for most games played for the Brisbane Lions, with two hundred seventy three drawing level with Sean Hart. Um, he's chasing down Simon Black at three hundred twenty two, but not going to get very far at the moment because he's injured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's been there for a while. He certainly has. And I think Charlie Cameron's also coming up on a big milestone as well. I think we'll talk about later. On. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep going. Uh, so our next game is a Sydney versus GWS. Cracking game, this one. Yeah, This huge. is a real good rivalry as well. We talk about rivalries. These two teams generally play in pretty good blockbusters yep. in the Battle of the Bridge, which I don't think it's called anymore, but... If you listen to the commentary around the game, everyone was calling it that. The but Battle of the Bridge. I don't think they actually call it that anymore. Um, this was one of those rare games where the team that got to 100 second actually won the game. Really? It was, yeah. It went against the, the yeah. trend. The Swans lost having more scoring shots as well. So the last four times the Giants have beaten the Swans have been by 2-2-1 two, two, one, and 1 point, dating back to 2019. Wow. Now, they haven't been in a row, I think, in that time... The Swans have won one quite other a game. few games. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the times the Giants beat them is always by, always by squeakers. Yeah. And so that's always one of the signs of a, a pretty good rivalry is close games. Yeah. And it seems to be always the Giants winning those close ones. Yeah, nice. Um, got a few bit of Buddy Franklin news here as well. He kicked three on the weekend, so he's on 1,054. He's three behind three Doug behind. Wade. Yep, he's, he's catching up. Um, he has also now kicked... 300 or more goals in both Victoria and New South Wales. Oh, wow. Uh, the most of any player in New South Wales. He's always got kicked 301, which is ahead, three ahead now of Mickey O'Loughlin, who had kicked 298 in New South Wales. Wow. There you go. Yeah, and he's finally gotten that... Uh, he's broken that record for most games kicking multiple goals. He was level with Gordon Coventry. He now holds that by himself. 257 straight games he's kicked. Multiple, not straight. 257 games, games. he's kicked, kicked multiple, multiple goals, goals yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and 106 is Sydney's highest score in a losing game since around 19, 2004, when they lost to the Brews by a goal. Gonna say it's a, yeah. In Glen Arch's 250th game. Oh, really? <laughs> That's how far back we're going, wow. yeah. Uh, the Brett Kirk medal was won by Toby Green as well. Yep. Best on ground for that yep. game. Uh, so the next game was the Dogs versus the Hawks. Yep, Bont's uh, 200th game. Um, third time this season the Hawks have gone goalless in the third quarter I think maybe yep um, so third quarter is not great for them no. um, just wanted to have a quick, this quick discussion with you where does Bont rank in terms of doggies greats oh, a lot man. of people have got him up there like really high yeah where would you rate him is he at Witten level yet no I don't I, pretty hard to get to Witten level isn't it I mean he's he's pretty incredible to watch like yeah and he's a fan I think there's a Probably, what does he need to get get him over the line? Probably need like, can he get a brown low? Can a brown is the brown low what evades is he, it? Is, okay, is he on the Mount Rushmore of Bulldogs all time greats? In my mind, I think he might be. So it'd be him, Sutton, Witten, Dempsey, maybe. Yeah, Liber. Liber was who I was thinking of. Chris Grant. Chris Grant, Banana League Hopkins, Norm Dare. <laughs> Norm Dare? No, sorry, Norm Ware. Norm Ware. There's been a lot of... Yeah, it's it's very hard. Mm. I think if you think about, you know, he's at 200 games and he's already in that conversation. I think, you know, he could in get a there. few more seasons, he'll def, he'll, he'll be... Brownlow would definitely help. 100% on, I mean, on the... 
in the top top three, top four. If yeah. if and I don't want to. 2001, the Doggies had won that game, the grand final against the D's. Yeah. And Bont was probably going to win Norm Smith. Would he be their best player then? Premiership captain two, with an Yeah, with premiership an Norm captain Smith. and a two-time Bulldog premiership, Bulldog player. premiership player. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be hard to argue against, wouldn't it? Well, he'd be the only, he'd be the only two-time... Well, Bulldog one of player. the only two-time premiership players, wouldn't he? So. Well, there'd be quite a few from that team. Yeah. But yeah, be, he, it'd definitely elevate him in the conversation. But yes... Um, well, let's move on. Yeah. To that uh, your Saturday night game. Yes, Melbourne versus North. You were there, weren't you? I certainly was. I certainly was. I thought to myself, it'd be a good one good one just to go and watch. And it certainly, yeah, I enjoyed every moment of Especially it. Especially because I know how much the kangaroos used to beat up on you. Oh, so. yeah. I used to hate... We, well, we talked about that last week, didn't we? We used to hate that. So, no, it was, it was um, very uh, very disappointing to see see North have a couple of injuries. Uh, yeah. That well, very bad. Could one. you hear Charlie Combins? Like, a lot of no, people said they could hear the snap. It was... I was on the... Probably in the other pot. I was kind of on the other side of the wing from where it he, it happened. Okay. He was on the same side of the ground as me. Yeah. Um. And they, you you know, it's bad when they refuse to show any replays. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, so no, it was that was pretty ugly. And um. Yeah, but very enjoyable as a decent oh, player to watch, watch a few goals. Were you disappointed they didn't win by over a hundred? I was when we Those got last o- three goals. When we got over a hundred, I was like, "That's a great result." And then I was kind of disappointed. I was like, "No, hang on, let's not be ridiculous. Let's be happy with a ninety-point win." But I still feel like the players on the ground were going for it. They were. They were that going last hard. minute or so. They were, they going were hard. Yeah, yeah, which is not bad. Not a bad thing. No, no. Um, Bailey Fritch kicked another goal, so it's thirty-four straight games now. He's kicked a goal. Still going strong. Alex Neil Bullen has kicked exactly one goal in every game this season as well. Really? Yeah, just one. Just his cheeky one. Just keeps on doing his yeah. thing. Um, and his goal was great, chasing the, the chase down. It was. Yeah. Um, remind me who this player is. So I saw Clint Bartram presented Josh Shackey with his jumper before the game. What? Tell, remind me of Clint Bartram. Uh, so Clint Bartram was he was there as part of our uh, our dark days. Yes. Okay. Um, I, it's a good question. We used to we used to love watching watching him and that. You know, he was one of those ones who we had a lot of hopes for. Yep. Um, he ended up playing. Uh, how many games? So I'm just checking. 103. I've got it. Here. 103 games. Yeah. So he re- retired in 2012. Um, and yeah, he was he was a rising star nominee in in, in 2006 in his first year. Uh, yeah. No, we we had a, we had a lot of high hopes for him. And then, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, it was in that ugly time. Yeah, I'm just seeing that here. Real ugly. (laughs) Um, All right, and a few other things. What have we got? Last time the Roos played a non-finals night game at the MCG was round 7, 2010. Really? Really. That was against the Pies. The Pies won by 66. It featured side bottom who kicked five that night, Pendlebury, Cunnington, Zeeble, and Goldstein. So still a lot of players from that game. Still playing, Playing, yeah. what, 14 seasons later? Yeah, wow. And Goldstein played in both as well, actually. Looking looking a little bit older yeah. now than that. They, they are, true. Um, Clarkson suffered his third worst loss in his 397 games of coaching and his worst loss in 17 years since round 11, 2006 against Port Wayne. The Hawks lost by 96 yeah. points. But if you don't remember when Clarkson started with the Hawks they were terrible yes. as well yeah yeah and they had they had a p- very poor season he didn't turn them around straight away no no of course so North supporters be patient 
Yeah, like he, takes he'll, some time. He'll get he'll get his system in. He'll get the right players through. You had those two wins early in the season, but that's you know. You got to enjoy the enjoy fact that you that, got them. Yeah, 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 and that more will come. You just got to give it time. It's not going to be an instant fix. No, no. And there's a few, there's a few guys down there who are like, yeah, they, these guys are really good. They just sort of got, got to get the, get the legs into them a bit. Yeah. I think. And it's also no surprise that we have a scoregami, 139 to 49. <laughs> yeah. Well, almost not a scoregami because Carlton and West Coast almost had the exact same score. They and that's did. The there was game one point difference at one point. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that game was also a scoregami though. Ah, was it? Yeah, never has a game ended in 152 versus 44. No, well, actually, not that surprising, is no, it? No, yeah, so Carlton by 108. <laughs> Jelly Kerner with nine. It was. It's the most by a Carlton player um, for a while, but it Fev. doesn't. It doesn't. Yes, yeah, since Fev, actually, you're right. In 2009, he kicked nine goals, one against the Tigers. But that hall of goals doesn't even crack the top 22 of Carlton individual goal, goal kickers. In the really. Game. Uh, the top is Horry Clover. Kicked 13 one day at the Junction Oval against the Saints. You've got a heap of Harry Valance in there. Stephen Kernahan. Soss is in there. Uh, Jezza, Robbie Walls. So Lan- even Lance Whitnell's ahead of him. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't even rank in the top 22. Uh, but still very impressive. Yeah. I was hoping he'd get 10 as well. I know. Is- well, what did he end up with? 9-3. Yeah. You? So yeah. yeah. Um, their 13th biggest win. Their biggest in... Their biggest was 140 against the Saints in 1985. Their biggest win since they beat the Suns in 100, by 119 points in the Suns' inaugural game, which yeah. was in 2011. Um, I feel like it shouldn't even count on a list. Really. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Curnow's second most goals in the AFL-VFL game by a visiting player in Perth. Most was Paul Salmon with 11 in 1987, round 15, in the Bombers' 28-point win. Their first game in Perth, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Big percentage boost as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that moves us into Sunday's games, and our first one was your boys against the Cats. Pretty solid showing. <laughs> Look, I wasn't disappointed. First quarter I was, yeah. cause it was, and I went to Essendon Geelong last year in round one when they humiliated us, and that would set the tone for our whole season. Yeah. This one, the first quarter, we were outgunned and kind of still asleep. It was very much like the last quarter yeah. of the Anzac Day game. Um, but we didn't give up. We came back, and the difference ended up being really that first quarter. It was actually quite a 1990s style of game. Like, it was very high scoring. I yeah. think there was 13 or 14 goals kicked in that second quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just lots and, and lots of, of goals. end-to-end sort of stuff, yeah. Both teams cracked 100. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, so the Cats had a special country jumper game, as a country game jumper as well. Very subtle. One of their blue stripes had some wheat in it, which yes. I quite liked. Um Hawkins kicked eight, his biggest bag ever, in game number 334. He's just getting better. He's just getting warmed up. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> um, so no surprise he won the Tom Wills Award, best on ground there. Yeah. He also moves into the top five for most ever AFL-VFL wins. Wow. He's now on 239 wins, moving one ahead of Bruce Dool. Ahead of him are Joel Selwood of 259, Kevin Bartlett on 260, Shane Burgoyne, Sean Burgoyne, sorry, on 263. And Tucky. Michael Tuck, 302. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so quite good. Um, Jeremy Cameron, can he get the century? So he is on 30 goals now. He needs to average about 4.3 goals a game this season to make it in the home and away season. Yes. Well, and Kerno's above him though, right? No, they're both on 30. So they could both, look, they both do it. Um, having an extra round helps and having some finals 
help. So could, look, it's possible, but in the average, home and away for the Coleman. Okay, for, so for the Coleman to kick a hundred goals, he needs to average four point three goals a game. That's high. It's high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably not going to happen. A couple more bags, though. Interesting thing, though, I read on... might have been the AFL website. There were 16 years between Coleman's time in 1952 and the next one, which was Hutt, Paul, uh, Peter Hudson in 1968. Mm-hmm. So quite a similar difference. From Buddy <coughs> to now. Yeah. So that was 2008 to now. So that's, what, 16, yeah, 15 years? 16, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you know if things can open up like that, does that mean we're going to suddenly have flurries? Because remember, after Hutto did it, there was that season 1970 where yeah, three players yeah, did it. Yeah, yeah. Can't see it happening. Um, Cats are also now four wins, three losses, which is where they were this stage last year. So, the, and we we talked about this, didn't we? After they lost three, we were like, well, they that's the three. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the three that they're allowed. And, and also, their percentage is extremely high for a team that's that's at four three. Yeah, and I think they've gone four games in a row now, winning by a hundred. So, three games, four games in a row now, scoring over one hundred and twenty. That's huge. The last side to do that was Collingwood in twenty ten. Also includes premiership teams, Brisbane two thousand one and Essendon two thousand. So, look, it bodes well. It does. It's very. Uh, it's still very early in the season. True, it is. Well, well look, we're a quarter of the way over, a quarter of the way through. Mm. So it's not early, early, but. They're still done. Yes, we yeah, well, we'll see. And so that takes us to our next game, which was Rich, <coughs> Richmond versus Gold Coast. And after talking about a couple of a few big scoring games, this was not one. This was not. <laughs> um, first time these two teams have met with the Suns higher on the ladder. Since the Suns came in. Yeah. Wow. And the ledger is now 6-7 the Tigers' way, but the Suns seem to be one of those teams that kind of get them every now and then. Especially well, That's when- quite interesting considering where Richmond have been the last few years. Well, because Gold Coast used to beat them regularly yeah, early yes. on early when they the, first yeah. came in, they they beat they Carmichael Hunt goal after the game. Oh, that's after right. The siren. There's, yeah, there's a few games there where like they were they had those games in Cairns. Yes, and the Gold Coast would always beat them up there. Um, and interesting now that uh, since Damien Hardwick has bagged the Docklands, remember we bagged the stadium, bagged Marvel, Richmond haven't won there. They're five losses and a draw. He's put a little hoodoo on them. He has. He? So I've, I've been reading today the Dimmer Dome curse. <laughs> the Dimmer Dome curse. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, and this is another game similar to the Sydney one where the Tigers lost despite having more scoring shots. Yep. Yep. Um, wow. Hang on. Sorry. I'm just looking at that score. So 48 to 72. They had more. So- yeah, 6 12. That is so ugly. Yeah. That is so ugly. Uh, so that takes us to the last game of the round. <laughs> what a the, doozy. They did, it, did again. it again. Collingwood versus the Crows. Collingwood by one point. Ten of their last 13 games, they've won after trailing the Pies. Uh, Crows actually... After trailing it three-quarter three quarter time, time, right? Yeah, I should yeah. say that, sorry. Um, Crows haven't beaten the Pies since 2016, so... Oh, okay. And the Pies have won their last seven at Adelaide Oval, so dating back to 2018. So it's almost like the power at Docklands. It's like they have this... They, yeah, way of doing it. But they can still, win at Adelaide Oval and they regularly beat the Crows. The way they did it yeah, is just ridiculous. Um, also, I've read an interesting article on the weekend that was comparing the Collingwood 2010 team to this team. Mm-hmm. Tom Mitchell's the new Luke Ball. Billy Frampton's the new Lee Brown. And that season, in 2010, the Saints were on top for the first six weeks and then the Pies took over in round seven. Wow. Okay. Now, here's a, here's a question to me. I, I don't know how we would get the stats, but is this the shortest amount of time a team has been in the lead to win the game? No, it's happened after the game. 
Um, so I can tell you that exact stat because I have it right in front of me. Fantastic. Um, <coughs> in 2018, round 21, Jeremy McGovern kicked a goal to put the Eagles ahead of the port after the siren. For the very first time first in the time, game. Yep, the only okay. time they ever led. 2005, round three, Sydney versus Brisbane. Barry Hall kicked a goal after the siren. Barry Hall, 2001, round 22, Saints versus Hawks after the siren. Did it twice. Did it twice, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. I would have assumed this was it, but there no. Because usually you think a goal after the siren is usually like a topsy-turvy affair, and often is the case. But wow, there you go. In a game that we're covering that's got, you know, what, 130 years of history. It's going to happen. Almost all of these things have almost yeah, happened. Have happened right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so with the Cats beating the Bombers, we now have a complete circle of parity. Okay. Which means every team has kind of beaten... Beaten someone who's beaten someone else. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to read it out to you? Yeah, come on. Okay, so... The Cats who beat the Bombers, who beat the Demons, who beat the Dogs, who beat the Lions, who beat the Magpies, who beat the Tigers, who beat the Crows, who beat the Power, who beat the Saints. They beat the Blues. The Blues beat the Eagles. Eagles beat the Giants. Giants beat the Swans. Swans beat the Hawks. Hawks beat the Roos. Roos beat the Dockers. Dockers beat the Suns. Suns beat the Cats. <laughs> 61 games it took to complete. Last year it took 94. Not as good as the 44 games it took in 2019 or as bad as the 155 games it took in 2013. Yeah, wow. The okay. last season where there was not a complete circle of parity was 1964. Really? Because no one beat... Well, not the same teams wouldn't have been beaten with... Uh, I guess it was what Collingwood and the Deeds, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Anyway. I'm surprised that it happened in 2000. The Bombers got beaten once. Yeah, I know. The Dogs, yeah. But... If we hadn't have lost, then it wouldn't have happened. It couldn't have happened. But the fact that you guys only got beaten once by the dogs and then finding someone who the dogs who beat, beat the dogs. Yeah, but had also been... Like, it, that makes it hard because it's only <coughs> one, poss- one possibility. Mm. But there you go. Yeah. I like that. Circle of parody. I've never, I've never heard that as a stat before. No, the I circle can't, of parody. Yeah, I, quite no, like I, I noticed it, I think, last year. And so, yeah, yeah, it's nice and complete. There's a good graphic if you Google that, if you want to see it. Um, all right, so that ladder, we've got the pies on top for the first time since round 14, 2012. Wow. So it's actually a long time between. It is. Um, now, Charlie, the pies. Mm-hmm. I feel like they never do as well when they're expected favorites. to win, when they're favourites. Yeah. So let's talk them up, shall we? Oh, absolutely. They are raging premiership favourites. But also, we can start speculating about the downfall. Okay, like, great. What are we going to blame their premiership loss on? Their grand final loss. Excellent. Okay. There's four categories I believe these fall into. <laughs> Umpiring. Yep. See, 1979, 2018, 2002, And I'm talking about seasons where the Pies were right up there competing. I'm not talking about the years they had where the coach fell apart or the president had spat the dummy. Yep. Date, years when they were up there. So, for instance, 2022, they weren't. They were up there last year. Yep. So, a lot of people say that umpiring that the game against Sydney, they should have been a free kick. Should have kicked it. It's always a free kick that should have been made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could blame the media. Okay. Okay. Right. When do we blame the media? 2011. The whole Malthouse handover thing was a complete debacle. Fast. Yep. Um, and also, I feel like 1937, 1938. If you remember, we talked about those years. It was um, one year was I think. Coventry or Collier, one of their star players. Was it Coventry got hit by the truck? No, okay. 36 Coventry had the boils on his back and yep. he got suspended for like nine weeks and missed the finals. Um, but that wasn't it. The, the following year, one of them, 
Albert Collier spat on a fan in round three and it was a massive beat up by the media um, and he actually got sent off and that kind of there's all this negative stuff in the press about them then the following year 1938 round five against Carlton um, Harry Collier punched Jack Carney in the face and it was this massive brawl and he got suspended for 14 weeks I think mm. so all these like it was really beaten up by the media and really kind of distracted the club so there are times the media has done it suspension is another one mm-hmm. 1977 Phil Carmen um, punched Michael Tuck in the face and then missed the grand final and the replay that's right and he say if he was there they would have won it um, and then pressure where they probably should have won it 2003 they were the favourites 1970, they were 42 point, 44 points up at half time. 2019, everyone expected them to roll over the Giants. Yeah. 1973, things were going well there. So one of those four categories, if, if the Pirates are going to lose it, which one of those? Or is it a combination of all of them? It's a combination because I guess the umpiring suspension media, they all kind of go together they can. <laughs> they do. Because the pressure will come now. Yeah. The, the expectation, we are in April, we're five months from the Yeah, exactly. Final. Can they sustain it? Well... I mean, I, I keep saying it and they keep on doing it, but you can't, this is not a sustainable way of winning football games, the way they're doing it. No. They're well, the, giving up these leads. and The, the, tra- the, the train's got to come <coughs> off the rails at some stage. Well, the two teams they've just beaten are bottom eight teams from last yeah, year. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing how they stack up against the Demons um, when they play Carlton again. See, I, well, I'm worried because I feel like that's a team that... that often gets it done against us. Yeah, I know. Grunt, you'll have the Grundy factor there well, where he's going to really want to get in. them back. Yeah. Um, I'm also curious how the cat, if the Cats play them again because I think the Cats are getting good now and it'll be not different as easy. Different story. Yeah, absolutely yep. different story. Um, and the Lions are still there. I mean, the Dogs. Yeah. So a team, a team that, that's confident and trusts their game plan and doesn't sort of lose their nerve coming is, into the last quarter. It's such a psychological thing, isn't it? If and it, it seriously is, and you could hear it in the supporters you're as almost, well. You're almost better to be two points up at three-quarter time, yeah. so you're still playing hard. And you're yeah, not, of course. Like, you don't want to go you've defensive. you've got nothing to give away. Exactly. You've got nothing to try and hold on to. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway. Uh, Cole's goals. So the no surprise, the round seven... Leader is Carlton with 23 14, 152. Um, and they draw level with the Lions for the highest score of the year. Okay. Yep. Overall season, though, still the Demons leading 118 goals. Three goals behind him is Geelong with 115. Then the Lions on 105. Yeah, wow. Mm. So, shall we look ahead? Let's look ahead to round eight. I would love to. Uh, so. <coughs> I'm going to call this State of Origin round as well, and I'll tell you why once we've gone through the game. Well, I can't wait to hear why. Okay. So we've got uh, Brizzy versus Carlton starting us off this Friday night at Marvel. Yep, Charlie Cameron playing his 100th straight game since round one, 2019. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the Lions come up against Carlton in Melbourne because Lions, one of the issues with the Lions is they can't win at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we have West Coast versus Richmond, 16th versus 18th. So... Could be an opportunity for West Coast to get another win. West get Coast points. terrible. Yeah. And this, I mean, imagine if Richmond lose, though. Yeah. Yep. Um, Cats versus Adelaide. Down in Geelong. Down in Geelong. I'm, I may be going to this game as well. Could be a really good one. Seventh versus eighth. You don't, I mean, Cats, Crow, are, Cats are on the way up and it feels like the Crows are... Crow, well, Crows aren't terrible. Crows yeah. are pretty good, but 
Is there an emotional letdown after their loss to the Pies? It would be interesting to see how yeah. they bounce back. Sons and D's at Metricon. Sons and D's at Metricon. Looking forward to this. Should be in the bag, shouldn't Ho- it? Well, hopefully. Cosy's just signed a new four-year deal. He'll very, be about. very happy about that. Uh, and then we've got uh, GWS versus Bulldogs. GWS versus Bulldogs, which um, which is a good rivalry. I like, a, yeah, I like I this, this rivalry built on hate. Yeah. And the doggies, all my doggies friends just hate the Giants, mostly Toby Green. Yeah, yeah. And not unsurprising, but yeah, it could be a really good game, though. Yeah. Uh, then Hawks versus the Dockers mm-hmm. over at Optus. Yeah, good chance for one of these teams to get another win. Yeah, da- pretty dour. And then Dons versus Port. <coughs> yep. Could um, be really interesting again. Yeah, There's look, a it's, a t- t- it's a tough four-week block for the yeah. Bombers there, having to go to Perth to play an inform power team. Yeah. Um, we'll see how we go. Another challenge. Uh, Collingwood versus Sydney. Who played at one stage for the Lockett Coventry Cup. Not sure if they still do. My question to you though, Charlie, how much how far ahead will the Swans get before the Pies reel them in? Sixty. Sixty? <laughs> no, no. Couldn't possibly. Forty. No, Forty? Forty. Wow. Look, I reckon the Swans will come out because they've been under a lot of pressure this week. Yeah. Um look, they might get out by I reckon twelve or thirteen points at three quarter time, but then the Pies will just do their thing and reel them in. <laughs> Uh, and then we have North versus St Kilda. Okay, so I found this. There's a great website called Hardball Gets, which covers all these yeah. obscure medals. In 2014, St Kilda and North Melbourne played. There was a medal on offer, the Brent Crosswell Medal. Okay, he was a North Melbourne Premiership player. Yep. Also played at the Demons. Also played at Carlton. Yeah. Why is St Kilda involved in this Brent Crosswell? Oh, I never played at St Kilda. He never played at St Kilda. That's so weird. Ridiculous. Um, state of origin though round though Charlie you talk me through this okay so we've got New South Wales playing what I'll call Victoria A yep the Giants and the Swans taking on the Doggies and the Pies we've got South Australia taking on Victoria B so Power and the Crows versus the Bombers and the Cats we've got Queensland taking on Victoria C so <laughs> Brisbane and the Gold Coast versus Carlton and Melbourne and then West Australia Free on West Coast taking on uh, Victoria D, Hawthorne and Richmond. <laughs> okay. So every other state is playing Victorian yeah. clubs. It's okay. a real state of origin round. It is. That is odd. <laughs> All right. I like your thinking there. Thank you. You're always a bit lateral. Yeah. I don't mind that. I really am. Um, so that brings us to the end of this episode, the round seven wrap up. Yeah. Um, I will leave you with this song. It's, it's, I thought it'd be appropriate. It's called It's Time for a Tassie Team. Nice. Uh, written and performed by Tony Naylor. Okay. Time for a Tassie team. Good alliteration. When was this written, Timothy? Yeah, really good question. Okay. A while ago. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to round eight as always. Um, and let us, if you if you, if, if you know why the Brent Crosswell medal was awarded in the North Melbourne St Kilda game, please let please us know. Let know. And also, we'd love to hear some different opinions on where the 20th team should go. If you've got any thoughts. Or if you have a suggestion for Song of the Week, Football Song of the Week. Oh, please. We'd love to hear it. But until uh, until next week, hooroo. Tasmania has a history with football through the years. We've always played it tough with blood, sweat and tears. We sent our local heroes to play the mainland game. They really did us proud and they deserved the fame. But now it's time, time to turn the tide. No more years of waiting. We need a Tassie side. It's time for a Tassie team.
Thanks for listening to the Kick to Kick podcast present Backward in Coming Forward. You can find all our old episodes wherever you get your good podcasts. If you want to get in contact with us, our email address is kicktokickpodcast at gmail.com. On social media, we have Twitter at kicktokickpod or on Facebook. Or you can find us on Instagram at backwards and coming forward. For a full list of our resources and what we use in this show, go to our website, which is kicktokick.podbean.com. Thanks very much for listening.